Hi, this is Chad. I'm so glad to be part of your journey towards product mastery so that you can develop products that your customers actually love and that we're doing a better job of that all the time. Today, we're talking about how your organization can more effectively innovate using those precious resources that we have and wisely figure out how to create new value for customers. And of course, we may not be talking about your organization specifically by name, but certainly what we learned together during this episode will be valuable to you and information that you can apply. Joining us for this is the Director of Innovation for Intel China. He is also the founder of GrowthX, which is a corporate startup accelerator. We'll hear, hear a little bit more about that. And his experiences have helped him integrate the advantages of a large organization like Intel, along with the scrappiness and agility of startups. And we get to benefit from those insights uh, that we'll share. Uh, he'll certainly share with us in just a moment. As a reminder, if you want a detailed written summary of what we talk about, along with a one-page action guide that helps you put immediately into action the key takeaways of our discussion today, you'll find those at productmasterynow.com slash 381. That is a great resource for you to share with others. And just remember to go to productmasterynow.com slash 381. Kapil, thank you for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure joining your podcast. I am excited to talk. We've had a few directors of innovation on before, and the role tends to be a little bit different, which I thought would be a good place for us to begin. Mm. Can you just tell us what is that like being the director of innovation for Intel China? What kind of falls under your responsibilities? Oh, one of the things is, I think the I have three main goals. Uh, the first of it is create and orchestrate a one uh, Intel China innovation strategy, because we have lots of small programs here and there, like hackathons, incubators, um, across our various campuses in China. And mind you, we have like uh, 10,000 employees here. So it's quite a big uh, presence here in China. So how to orchestrate that and have like one direction, that's one thing. The second is to grow and transform our talent and get them upskilled in the, in the various methodologies of innovation. That's the second thing. And third thing is to bring all these bottoms up innovation ideas from our employees that we help incubate and accelerate into local product and development pipeline. So those are like at a very high level what my roles and responsibilities are. It means looking at what exists today, where we can orchestrate something, where there's a gap and create new programs and ultimately deliver two things. One is business growth. And second is people growth. Those are the, the two big driving objectives, which uh, makes good sense to me. So how, how do we contribute value to the organization? Mm. And how do we help grow employees and talent to help them perform better with regards to innovation, right? Creating new ideas. It's interesting to me that I, I work a lot with a professional association called the Product Development and Management Association, PDMA. Hmm. That's how I became a product manager. I had no idea there was a discipline, and they're the curators of the body of knowledge for product work. And they have a professional certification, and, and China is where that certification is growing the fastest right now. Ah. More people getting trained to be product managers in China than anywhere else in the world at the moment. Mm. It's just been a big change about how they're responding to innovation. So it's really fascinating to hear about your big objectives and how you're helping to grow talent there at, at, at Intel as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting that this PDMA is growing faster. And I think that's because China is taking more and more in creating new products. That's one thing. And also, uh, China innovation tends to be more like, let's just build something, throw it out in the market. And I think they want to 
put a little more uh, structure and discipline around that. And I think maybe that's the reason there are more product managers, this certification growing in China. Definitely more innovation taking place. Mm, yeah. How does GrowthX fit into this? So you're the co-founder of this mm. uh, incubator. How, how does that fit into your work? Intel is a very tech-centered um, company, right? So when a general employee of Intel thinks of innovation, they think of ideas being uh, incubated in the labs. And what we saw about five years ago is that we had various labs across China from different business units. We have Intel Research Labs. And we had also, there are many campuses. And we have this culture of letting our employees have some free time to work on their ideas, right? Like just Google's famous, this 15% rule. We had a similar thing. And we saw all these amazing innovations being created in different labs through various seed programs, either through business units or either through campuses. We But what we saw was that we couldn't see those innovations actually land into the market, get commercialized. Mm -hmm. And that's where we saw that there was a gap there. How do we commercialize all these innovations that we are building that are like coming bottoms up from our... And that's where we say, we thought, what can we do? And we come, came across this startup accelerators that help accelerate startups outside by bringing in some business coach, lean startup methodologies, uh, mentors, and experts in residence. And we thought, what if we create such an accelerator inside of Intel? And that we tried different approaches. And finally, I think once we settled down, it became GrowthX, where we start with a technical proof of concept and put a business case around that technical proof of concept and not just put a business case, but we validate this business case through a cohort approach where we pick five to six teams at a time and we do it twice a year. And it goes through 16 weeks of acceleration with eight different sprints, uh, which where each sprint focuses a specific aspect of business, starting from uh, business model canvas to uh, value proposition, to validation roadmap, to MVP, to financial analysis, to creating a business case, and finally pitching that business case in an effective way back to the, to the leadership to go get a bigger investment to go to the market. So that's where GrowthX fits in, is to help all this bottom of innovation find a way to get to the market. That, that's very fascinating what GrowthX is doing and that the it's a prescribed process to get through this, bringing in some of the approaches from Lean Startup and other tools. Is this something that we could go find resources about now that describes this in more detail? Has that been published anywhere? Yeah, growthx.mysxl.cn. It's a website we put together just to organize all the different content we uh, we publish because we mostly work on WeChat, right, in China. So we have a WeChat like account where we uh, typically uh, interact with maybe ecosystem, but we organize all these things at uh, growthx.mysxl.cn and we can put this in the show notes uh, exactly. where people can go in and look at different activities we do. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, because it sounds like uh, to, to me, there, there's a process there, and we're going to talk about different things that you've tried already, but mm. that this is a process that probably others would mm. like to investigate and learn from as well about how you're doing this. No doubt you have gone through different approaches to trying to you know deliver on those two objectives you have, right? How, how do we deliver new value to the business through innovation? How do we do a better job of growing our employees? Um, and so they are contributing ideas. Mm. And companies try all kinds of things like this, right? So 
Uh, we might implement a design sprint, and that's something that we might do for two or three weeks, uh, a few times a year. You have this process now called Growth X. That's part of what you do. Mm. Companies have done hackathons. We have our employee idea collection systems to collect ideas and try to do something with that. Mm. All this, all these approaches. If we could spend our time talking about what you've tried that you think actually works, mm. and maybe also what you've tried that you mm. would encourage us to stay away from because it wasn't helpful. That would be great value for us. Okay, what has worked? So, I'll give you certain examples. This is a quick break to thank you for listening and to give you ten hard-earned recommendations that will help you advance as a product manager and be recognized as a product leader. They are based on insights I've learned after working with many product professionals like you in several organizations, helping them advance using my Rapid Product Master Experience or the RPM Experience. You can apply the first recommendation in just five minutes, and it will change how you think about the work you do, and also increase your confidence at the same time. I shared it with a leader at Dell Computers when she asked how they can create a more innovation-oriented culture. I also used it to help a startup founder reframe their value proposition, and a marketing manager applied it when she was interviewing for a product role. Not only did she get the job, she also nearly doubled her salary in the process. All that from just the first recommendation. Now, a lot of people have already downloaded the recommendations, and I don't want you to miss out if you haven't done it yet. They are all in a PDF titled "10 Changes Product Teams Should Make Now to Consistently Launch Products Customers Love." Easily get it by going to productmasterynow.com/love. That's L-O-V-E, love, because the recommendations will help you better create products that customers love. Don't get passed by others that are already using the recommendations to advance their career. You deserve to advance too. Go to productmasterynow.com slash love and get the recommendations. Oh, one thing that has really worked is this. When we started, right, so we have initiatives initiated by, let's say, a business unit here, a, a, a campus here. And initially, we tried to put them all under one umbrella called like the Innovation Center. But it didn't work out because people who create these initiatives, they're really passionate about, it's like their baby and they don't want to give the baby to some like a central big innovation unit. So we tried initially to organize everything together under one single brand, but it didn't work out. Uh, So what we have now is there are certain activities we pull together. For example, uh, let's say when you think of innovation, right, there is the very beginning of innovation is ideation, just coming up with ideas. Then uh, you have incubation is to take those ideas and 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 turn them into some sort of a proof of concept, either technical or business proof of concept. And then there is business acceleration, where we really go deep into creating and validating the business case, and finally, market landing and scaling. So when you come to ideation, we saw different groups, right? Like Silson Marketing Group creating their own hackathons, R&D Group creating their own hackathon, Labs creating their hackathons, even at GrowthX, we actually do two hackathons on market research. And so lots of ideas come in from there. And so that's the beginning of that journey of creating ideas. This year, what we are trying to do is organize one big joint hackathon to get all the employees under one big umbrella to maybe come up with like even better ideas and to put in more let's say, business mindset right from the get-go. So that's one thing we're trying. I'm not sure whether how successful it would be, but I think it makes sense for us to do that. So that's uh, one thing. Uh, second thing is, we if you have the, all these ideas come up through hackathons, 
it shouldn't just be that, hey, at the end of the hackathon, you just go up on the stage, get a certificate. You need to be give them some avenues to carry on these ideas, right? So, and that's where we have a couple of programs uh, within Intel China that gives different levels of seed funding to the ideas, either from the hackathon or either from like self-ideation to actually realize those ideas. One of such programs is called Ideas to Reality, which gives our employees anywhere from, this is a very small, I would say angel fund, 5K to 10K US dollars to realize their ideas. And we also have a bigger scope, uh, which gives like 100K to 200K for bigger projects that can make a bigger impact and a strategic uh, impact for our business. So that's incubation. And then we have this growth act, which is acceleration. And what we had tried before with acceleration was initially in the very, very beginning days, we thought, what if we simply give some money to some follow-on funding to the ideas that have been incubated and have like a bi-weekly check to see the progress and guide our employees to in the right direction, get in some business. I think I would say mentorship from within Intel by bringing in business unit leaders to sit in on these reviews. That's how we started, but we soon realized that we had to bring in much more business, I would say coaching and methodologies. Uh, And that's where we brought in like external coaches, business coaches who would come in with their framework. We actually designed something called entrepreneurship leadership program. And later on, that transformed into GrowthX. And other thing we realized is that all this thing was run within Intel, within our offices. And we realized that people were very comfortable. And most of our guys, innovators are highly technical folks. And they would tend to pass on the, let's say the market discovery activities to other teams, like to, to let's say the colleagues in sales and marketing teams or business development teams. And we wanted them to be feel like they are the founder of the idea. They are like really entrepreneur or an entrepreneur. And so we created, we we brought this growth X outside of Intel and we started operating out of a co-working space to at least get our innovators to think and act like real entrepreneurs and be completely responsible for moving their ideas forward. And this model has been now stuck for the last three, four years, where at least once a week, uh, all our innovators, we meet together, we call it the Growth X Day every Tuesday, and we completely spend it in our accelerator. And then during the rest of the week, they have their day job as well. And I think this has served us well. But we are trying something different this year, is what we want to do is everything we do during this acceleration phase, we want to bring to any employee who has an idea and want to take the idea forward. So all the things we do during acceleration, which is all this business model, canvases, value proposition, market research. And we created, or actually we are in the process of creating something called uh, GrowthX Academy. And with this academy, anyone can go and study or, or learn these different tools and techniques at their own pace online, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. And the output of that is a business case that they can bring to the next level of the pro. So yeah, we constantly try things. We see where the gaps are. We see where we can improve. 
Excellent. So there's so much in there. I, I would just want to go back and uh, follow up on different aspects. Mm. But big picture, you're obviously doing uh, providing some of the tools like you know, the hackathon. It sounds like letting the group still run their own ideation approach, but also trying to unite that in some way to leverage it better. Mm-hmm. And you're going to try this year. I'll be really interested. would love to hear how a unified hackathon that everyone also participates in, what the ha- that happens. Mm. I'm curious about the resources. So you talked about this a little bit where that is, like people have their one day a week to participate in the innovation meeting and work on something, but also the regular job. If I was someone that participated in the hackathon, and my little team got uh, some initial funding, the 5 to 10K funding mm-hmm. to pursue this. How do we resource that? Because I still have my other job to do, but I also want to pursue this or the value of the hackathon is worthless. Yep. How do you deal with the resources? The small seed funding, 5 to 10K, it's, they do it on their own time. So with that 10 to 15% time they have. Okay. Uh, so it takes uh, maybe longer to incubate this idea. And that they can use that uh, 5 to 10K on hiring interns are buying, let's say, like boards or software or anything they need. So those are the two things they can do. Uh, They also get technical mentorship from senior tech leaders in that incubation. That 100, 200K, the the other program, which is like a bigger level, similar thing, they uh, they can hire interns and they can hire contingent workers. So basically uh, contractors to build their, build upon their technical idea. Right. Those are the two kinds of resources, but still they have their day job. Okay. There are, when they come to acceleration, we, we require them to spend one day uh, of one full day in our accelerator per week. So at least that's 20%. Uh, on top of that, uh, the funding they get uh, can be used on getting interns, hiring contingent workers, are spending on hardware or software. However, what we have realized is, what we have seen is this, okay, as the program has evolved, right? Let's say four years ago, we would get question from the manager saying, why should we allow our employees to spend 20% of their time uh, on their ideas that you know they initiated? Because we also, they also have their day jobs, we need to account for their time. But fast forward like to now, we actually have managers encouraging their employees to go join GrowthX. And if they get into GrowthX, then they are working full-time on their project and even have multiple different business, people from business units join in on this on, on, on their project. So it takes time to gain some credibility with the management because they see there's value in doing this. The two values, one. Oh, another thing is that what helps is if the ideas that we bring in or, or, or the employees they come up with are somehow related to their business unit as well. So it's not some random idea, hey, I have a material for to make lighter shoes, right? It's not, it's like, it's something related to Intel, something to related to their business units, something that that we can see has a strategic alignment with our goals as well. So that helps as well. And one of the things we have seen is a lot of ideas that come into our accelerator or even at early levels of incubation are quite customer centric because we are in China and this is the geo where you know every all the electronics are made basically everything from Dell's laptops HP's laptops desktops servers everything is made here so a lot of our employees they are working with the ODMs or original design and manufacturers so a lot of those ideas are market inspired customer inspired so they we generally see them very well aligned. It's not like people just sitting in the labs and 
dreaming about, hey, what could we do? What can we do? And so I think that also helps to get more alignment from the management. That's excellent. And it keeps you as a company more aligned with the market, mm. which is wise to do. We need technology innovation, but we also need market-driven innovation. When you talk about growth X, yeah. it's an internal capability, mm. but you have structured it to be an external entity, it sounded like. that is it physically off the Intel campus? How do you treat it like a startup organization? We are very much part of Intel. It's not like a spin-off or anything. The only thing is we run our activities outside of Intel to force our innovators to spend a day outside of their day job and completely devote their time advancing their business idea and not worry about the technology. Okay, so they're getting away from their, their day job physically as well. Uh, yes. Yes, which, which is important. <laughs> And also they can leverage all the resources in the startup ecosystem. Like for example, if you want to create a really cool demo video, you don't need to go through lengthy procurement cycles. You can quickly find a guy in that co-working space who does it. And we have curated different kinds of services that they can use to quickly show the business value of their idea or to quickly go validate a, a test they have on their validation test, which would uh, be a little cumbersome to do from a large from within a large corporate. And we have a third party helping us run our accelerator. The Growth X Academy, I'm sure I'm not the only one that would be interested about what your employees are learning and how that might apply in other places too. Mm. Do you have any plans to maybe open source that like Adobe, open source the, the red box, the kickbox, to like their approach to innovation? Or is it too early to ask? It's funny. Yeah, I think it's a little too early. We are still on pilot stage. We are actually building the academy on Notion. It's very agile and we are trying this to see how it works, whether it works or not. And if it works for maybe the next year, we, we plan to make it like a proper, some bigger platform maybe. Yeah. And yeah, I think open source, let me see. I think it wouldn't uh, hurt because one of the things is there's, of course, there's content, but other part of the academy is also one-on-one -on -one coaching. So any team that gets into the academy, we have set up two hours of consultation with what we call acceleration managers to help apply the tools they learn to their project on hand. So that also is a part of it. And you, funny you mentioned Adobe Kickbox because we're also creating a little box along with the academy to give them some, all the key toolkits in there, as well as vouchers they can use to maybe create a physical demo or create a, a digital demo or run some surveys or anything they might need, like a small, it's not much, it's like less than $1,000, but at least they have something they can demonstrate what their idea is. That's also a part of the academy as well. Yeah. Don't forget the gift card for coffee and the chocolate because innovators need coffee and chocolate as well. Ah, <laughs> that's, yes. That's I'll important. Make a note. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah, there's a reasonable possibility that I, I may be in China later this year. And if I'm anywhere nearby, I would love to invite myself to, to come see your Growth X Academy. I mean, your Growth X. Yeah, yeah. What that kind of looks like. That would be fun to learn more about. Okay. This, this is really interesting. I'm sure all of us appreciate being able to learn from the what has worked for at others and as well as avoiding some mistakes others have made and thinking through how you're structuring Growth X is helpful and the sprints put together new ideas into something that results in a business case, something developed in scale. We hear so much about moonshot projects that Google does, and this is another approach that larger organizations have done where they, they take some small fraction, which ends up a large amount of money, so and puts it on, on projects that seem to go outside the traditional 
boundaries of the organization and mm. provides opportunities to learn something new. Where do you think those kind of projects fit into innovation? I looked at it just through this experience of uh, setting up GrowthX and working on innovation with, within Intel China. There are three kinds of innovations. One, I would say, I call them sustainable innovations. And these are very well done by the business units who iterate on product from one cycle to the other cycle or one generation to the next generation, making it better, adding more features. That I call sustainable innovation because you know exactly the product, the market, you're just making it better and better. And it's no small feat, but at least on the from the business side, you know that you are able to sell. Then there is something called adjacent innovation. And adjacent innovation is taking an existing product and trying to find a new application for it in an adjacent market uh, or a different market segment. And this is what we do very well at Intel China. And then the third is breakthrough innovations or the moonshots, right? And you need them just in case the whole rug gets pulled from under your feet and the CPUs are no more a thing or it's not growing. So you need to find new growth areas. You need to find things you've never done before. And I think that's the value of this moonshot. And so for if you are looking at a complete innovation strategy of a corporate you need to have all these three kinds of innovations happening because you can't just do, if you keep doing sustainable innovation, then if you are whole like a market, that whole industry shrinks, then you know, you'll be dead. So you need to do adjacent innovations to expand your reach. And then you need moonshots to, for your longevity, I would say. So all three are important. That the key is to realize what you are good at. For example, our headquarters, right, like in the Silicon Valley, they are, and also I would say Israel, and in certain extent, India as well is good at those breakthrough innovations. China is very good at adjacent innovations. Mm -hmm. And then business units, yearly planning cycles are really good at sustaining innovation. So you need to find that kind of like, you know, portfolio approach in your innovation, in your company, and allocate the right resources for all these three innovations. And then there is also, I would say, outside in and inside out. So outside in is bringing ideas from outside into your organization. And inside out is how to land ideas from inside your organization outside. And you also need to find the right balance. And the way we have done that, at least in the growth acts, is there are times when we don't have enough good ideas from for coming up from employees and that's when we reach out to, we extend the invitation to external startups to come join our accelerator. And so you need to also always find it. At Intel, as a whole corporate, we do a lot of breakthrough innovations, like through quantum computing, neural computing in various fields. Like we have a dedicated organization called Intel Labs that are looking at things five years, 10 years. Then we have programs like Intel Ignite, uh, which works specifically, it's a startup accelerator, a traditional startup accelerator where the goal is to help accelerate startups and with the goal to either invest in them as they grow or something that helps grow our business as well. So we are doing all these different activities. We are also, we have a similar program at Intel China as well to work with the ecosystem and the startups. We are doing all these different approaches. And, and I think you need to see what suits your organization based on your location, based on the kind of people you have, and based on the situation you are in. So there's no one size fits all. Not every company needs to create a innovation center or maybe hackathon may not be the best approach for everyone. Yeah, so you need to see what is right for you. 
It is an opportunity to do some experiments, learn what works and what doesn't. Just we'll be learning later this year if a, a unified hackathon that we invite everyone to is helpful or is it better to leave the ideation in, in the groups? You know, also the academy to see whether it works and can we like scale it up or we are better off going you know, to the older model. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And I appreciate you bringing in the portfolio idea there too, that as we talked about, as you talked about the, the three kinds of innovation, that given that we have different business units and different geographies, mm. that we might construct a portfolio that plays to the strengths of each one of those business units and geographies and structure a portfolio globally in that sense, if we have that advantage. Yeah as opposed to looking at each individual location and constructing a portfolio that is more focused on those three elements, right? Our sustainable, our adjacent, our, our moonshot type projects mm. play to the strengths that exist. So I, I appreciate you sharing that insight as well with us. As listeners know, we do like innovation quotes around here, but what is a quote that you have to share with us? And if you can just tell what that means to you, that would be great. Quote I have is, is very near and dear to Intel employees. And this is from our uh, past uh, chairman of the board, Andy Bryant. And what he said is, uh, the ingredient we start with is sand. Everything else is value added by people. And and what that means is like to make a, a very complex computer chip, basic ingredient is sand, right? And people might think that our biggest advantage would be all this technology that we have created, all the processes we have created, the fabs and the factories. But in the end, all this is built by, and to me, Innovation is all about people. It's not even about the idea because innovation is like 10% idea and 90% execution on that idea, right? They say ideas are dime a dozen. So it's what people do with these ideas. It's what it's how organizations support the people, encourage people and give them the tools and enable them and empower them to bring their ideas forward is what really determines whether you are company is going to be innovative or not. It's not about your technology portfolio or IP portfolio or the number of patents you have. And so so, so that's very near and dear uh, to my heart is to enable and empower the employees. At the same time, of course, you need to deliver business value from innovation. But my belief is that if you take care of your people, if you encourage, their pe- encourage people, if you are the one to put your... I would say neck on the line or, or or show them that you are willing to take risks for them so that they can innovate with peace of mind. You give them air cover, they will give you amazing results like business results as well. And yeah, so that's my philosophy is to be, I, I, I think of our employees, our innovators is they are my biggest customers. They are the biggest asset that we have and just let them unleash their talents. And you're doing a lot for that. And as a a community of innovators that uh, we're talking to, we appreciate that. And I think anything that we can do to help people extend their own creativity, Mm. to understand the concepts, the processes of innovation, that pays dividends in multiple ways down the road as well. So I appreciate that quote. It certainly is that uh, innovation that is turning sand into something more valuable. Mm. And you're, what you're doing with GrowthX and the other work there is helping people unleash their ideas and experiences and make a better use of that as well. So thank you for sharing the quote and the information. How can people find out more about you? We're going to try to put that link in the show notes for maybe some more resources about uh, GrowthX, mm. but just about uh, any information you would like to share with us. I think you could look at my uh, LinkedIn uh, profile and uh, connect with me there. 
If you, I think I also have some curated links there on LinkedIn. If you want to see some of the talks, I did a, a talk that's on TED.com now. It's about entrepreneurship. It was, I think, from five years ago. And I still uh, believe I, I, there I was arguing that entrepreneurship is going to be the future of work and encourage leaders to give entrepreneurship a chance and, and to encourage employees to innovate within their organizations. Because uh, a lot of times like innovators think, okay, I'll quit my job and I'll go outside, I'll build a startup and I'll be great, I know I'll change the world. But through entrepreneurship, you can do that right from within your company where you don't have to take big risks with your, with your, I would say, life or family. You can, you know, still be an innovator, still change the world and do it from where you are. So uh, you could take a look at that. You can start with LinkedIn. Yeah. Excellent. We'll make sure the links are in the show notes. And really appreciate the information, your experience, Apil, just the, the the value of what you have tried there and what you're doing for Intel and some things that we can learn from in our own organizations as well. So thank you so much for bringing that to us. Thanks for having me uh, on your show. And I hope so your listeners can get excited, get inspired to enable and empower the employees in their organization and bring really cool innovations to, to life. Excellent. Thank you so much. And listeners, just as a reminder, you will find the written summary of everything we talked about, along with the one-page action guide to help you put into action right away the key takeaways from our discussion at productmasterynow.com slash 381. Everyone, keep innovating. Thank you for listening to Product Mastery Now, where product leaders and managers gain product mastery through practical knowledge, influence, and confidence. By listening, you are becoming a product master, creating products customers love. Find additional resources at productmasterynow.com. Keep innovating.